When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Happy Friday, Distant Potters. Welcome along to another part two of the Socially Distant Sports Bar. If you have not listened to part one, you know by now surely what you need to do. You need to go onto your podcast feed. I don't know where you download your podcast from. I don't know whether you just stream them. doesn't matter. Have a look at it. And go, ah, oh, hang on a second. Do I want to hear the lads talking about a documentary and a book choice, which this week actually are very, 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 very good on both counts. Cracking book, one of my favorites that I've read. And the documentary that Alice has chosen is superb. But do you really want to listen to that? Because there'll be some back references to the clips that we chose, which were, again, absolute crackers. So... If you want to flip back and listen to part one, then you will be able to listen to it in sequence and your life will feel good. There are some noises in this week's episode. Mike is having building work done on his house. Viv, you've heard mention of throughout the last year or so because Viv works on Mike's house. Um, He's rebuilding Bubbins Towers. And this week there was a lot of nail gun stuff going on. So, just by way of explanation for the loud noises you might hear that sound like a nail gun, they're a nail gun. Okay, cool. We've edited around as much as we can. Adam, who does our editing, is in a cracking job on it, but there's going to be some nail gun noises in it. Okay, so if you don't like the sound of nail guns sporadically appearing in your podcasts, then more fool you. You know, that's 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 a choice you've made, not us. Okay. We, we've told you there's nail guns in it. If you don't like them, that, I can't help that. Okay? <laughs> now, look, it doesn't happen very often. So, hopefully, you'll listen to it with the level of forgiveness that occasionally there is a loud clanging noise, a loud shotgun-style noise. It's just a bit of building work going on. Enjoy part two of this week's Socially Distant Sports Bar. This is a paid advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, we all carry around lots of different sort of stress moments, whether it's like big or small. It could be as huge as, how am I going to pay the mortgage this month? Or, you know, I'm I'm ill, but I don't really want to talk to anybody about that because I don't want to make them feel stressed about it as well. Or, you know, it could be just as, something as small as, how am I going to get to school pickup in time? I've got a meeting. How do I change that? How do I move that? I forgot to cancel that. Lots of the time we keep it bottled up, and whether it's big or small, it can really start to affect us negatively. And therapy is kind of a 
safe space to get those things off your chest. So whether it's like coming up with plans to to organize your life a little bit better or whether it's just having someone to talk to about those things you don't want to stress out your mates or your family with. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable and entirely online. You will be matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash distant. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash distant. Right, it is documentary mm. time on the socially distant sports bar. Uh, it is Alice James's choice, and it gives me great pleasure to announce that we are about to discuss one of the best documentaries I think we've seen for a very long time. This is Meanwhile Back in Sunderland. Were you at the 37 Cup final, sir? I was down on the I wasn't the match. I waited 54 years for this. What do you think of Bobby Stoker? What do you think he's done for this town? Great, great. He's made the town. Words can't describe him. What do you think of him if you lose? Still the same. Still the same. While he's got um, a lot of business back for the town, he's got this atmosphere here. He's great at something an image uh, in this town again. Uh, he's a great fighter. Marvellous. It's been a long time coming there this day, hasn't yeah. it? I'll give you a forecast as well. Sunderland won, Leeds nil, Bobby Kerr will score the goal in the 29th minute. How's that? Oh, yes, I'm going to see Jimmy, my son-in-law. He's Sunderland goalkeeper. You think he's going to keep them out? Oh, yes, he'll keep them out. He will he'll do that. <laughs> Are you thinking of a score? Do you think you're going to forecast a score? Well, I said 1-0. One nil. One That's nil. my idea. We're going to win, of course. <laughs> We're the town, we a new town, I think. Just got to see what it's done, just to see what it's done, the town. Yeah, get a lot of that. So, as I'm sure everyone knows, it's the 50-year anniversary of Sunderland winning the FA Cup, beating Leeds United 1-0 uh, back in 1973. And <laughs> what a slice of life this is. It's only 23 minutes long. And it covers how the town of, of Sunderland watched the 1973 FA Cup final, how they reacted to it and how they celebrated Sunderland's win. It is one of the most beautiful, uncynical examples of civic mm. joy I have ever seen. It is, it is absolutely adorable it is. what the FA Cup does <laughs> to the town of Sunderland and does to the people of the town of Sunderland. I mean, I loved it. I honestly, I've known the result of this game since I first mm. became interested in the FA Cup in about 1988, right? So I've known yeah. that Sunderland have beaten Leeds or beat Leeds in 1973, 1-0, probably for 35 years. <laughs> when the final whistle blows, I burst into tears. There's <laughs> <laughs> that bit where the old woman, not oh, an old woman, I mean, I think she's a grandparent. She kisses mm. a young boy who's about four, yeah. he's about my son's age, I think. And she says, we're the champions! Sunderland are the champions! <laughs> And he's crying. The, the granddaughter's crying. Everyone is crying. 
Yeah. And there's this bloke, he's been interviewed at the end, and he says, the people of, I knew we'd win because the people of this town willed it. I thought, <laughs> fantastic thing to say. Now, it doesn't make this clear in the documentary. Sunderland were a Division Two team. In fact, I think they were the last Division Two team to win the FA Cup. Yeah, they were. They were the last team to win the FA Cup without having any internationals in the side as well. Though a few of those players went on to become internationals. Dennis Tewitt, for example, played for England, right? So they were the last second division team to win the FA Cup. They also beat the mighty Leeds mm. United, who were the best, most dominant side of the era. So it was an enormous upset. Now, Sunderland, incredibly, still are actually one of the most successful clubs in the history of English football. I think they've won six league titles, they won two FA Cups. They were the Bank of England team. They spent an absolute fortune on players in the 1950s. And I've mm. always had a bit of a soft spot for Sunderland because Sunderland loses out to Newcastle in the same way that Swansea loses out to Cardiff in terms of yeah. investment and cultural capital. I think I think the north in the northeast, Newcastle tends to sort of suck and hoover that stuff up. And I think yeah. Sunderland loses out. I've never met a Sunderland fan I don't like. And also <laughs> they're a hugely well-supported team. Now, Sunderland as a place is considerably smaller than Swansea. Their ground, oh, <laughs> the capacity is 48,000. It would People would think you were mad if you thought the Swans needed a ground that held 48,000. So their average attendance this season was 36,000. They were averaging 30,000 in League One. Mm. I mean, it is, it is football mad, Sunderland. Yeah. And there's no better example, I think, of that than this documentary. And... Yeah. There's just something about seeing an entire town being swept up in the FA Cup. And I know that the FA Cup doesn't mean what it used to mean. But in in 1973, absolutely was the pinnacle of English football. Yeah. The couple who get married, they're the only couple who get married in Sunderland (laughs) that day. (laughs) The groom is clearly pissed off about it. And they say, what? Are you celebrating here? Well, I'm going to go watch a match. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the women can entertain themselves. I'm going to watch the game now. I uh, just, it's so good. Well, I said, I'm watching this morning, right? And I said to Kelly, the innocence of this is beautiful. This, the, the, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was alive when they made this. This is 73. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem real. Like I was watching it. The, like you said about the joy there. There's the, yeah. there's the woman there in the shop who talks about the fact that they're going to finish early at one o'clock. The whole town seems to shut down, basically. And they're going to go to her friend's house because she's got a colour TV and they've only got black and white. Yes. And it yeah, looks like yeah, they've got, that. she's made like cakes and they've got little, little snacks and canapes. Mm, and yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in the pub there. Yeah. And the, you don't, we bought a telly on the weekend because our TV bust. We bought a 65 right. inch TV, right? It's a big telly, isn't it? They don't cost that much these days compared mm. to what they, they come down a lot, I know, but it's a big old telly. True. And that's for four of us in a living room. There's a pub full of people watching a TV above the bar. There must be a 14 inch TV, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Just the things that would never happen these days. Never. You would never have like people saying, um, we're going to win the cup. We're going to win. E-I-I-D-O. We're going to win the cup. E-I-I-D-O. Come on. Yes. There's like like a procession through the town when they're doing that. People in fancy dress. Everyone's got the red and Mm. white hats on. It looks like the one bit looks, what a night that would have been. I assume it's a a working men's club. Oh, amazing. They're putting the shutters up. They've laid the chairs out. I thought I was going to put this on a projector or something, I imagine, right? What a night that would be. And this is pre-internet, pre-mobile phones, pre-all of that stuff. You wouldn't have had a better night than that. Mm. And they look like football fans in bad TV movies about football fans. They got they got bloody rattles and stuff. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. 
everyone's got the same red and white scarf. Most of them have got at least two rosettes. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no kit. We, used to, we did the Admiral thing ages ago. There's no such thing as replica kit. Mm. So people in suits with ties no. and rosettes go on the football. The, the plastic boater hat being sold. Yes. The red and white stripe. That's being sold in a shop. I can remember people stood outside. Like Dan Evans was the electrical shop in Barry, right? They're, they're like a department store. Mm. But I can remember people standing mm. outside there watching TV. Oh, that did yes, happen. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Well, sa- Saturdays, <laughs> that that High Street <laughs> Dixon's. I would stand outside Dixon's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah watching the results come in. Yeah, in the rain. Not even inside. Yeah, just pissing down with rain. I'm not going in the shop right now, Mum. I'm going to watch the football results come in. Yeah, I used to do that. Mad. And there's the three young girls there with bobble hats on, and they've got to go to work. And they're saying, we've got three transistors, one up, two down. You know, so they're yeah. not going to... Yes. And in the house... Ah, so good. There's, there's a camera in a living room, and there must be eight or nine people watching it. And... When Porterfield scores and they go 1-0 up, there are two girls who are teenagers. They look about 15, mm. I think. They just yeah. <laughs> they start to weep because yeah. they can't believe something they're good in the FA Cup. There's one old fellow there. I remember thinking, he's Tom Cruise's age. And he goes, mm, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen the leg in my 60 years. I thought, God, you, that's when <laughs> Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise's age. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's doing Mission Impossible 12. <laughs> I don't think of 60s old anymore. I don't think I'm no, 51, no. but yeah. I don't think he's old. Yeah. That bloke, it right. was like there was a time when you were proper <laughs> chuffed to be 60. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> that was like a real accomplishment. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I've never seen anything like it in my 60 years on this planet. <laughs> How are you not 60, man? <laughs> Like Sunderland and Middlesbrough, they just remind me of South Wales so much. Yeah, that is lovely. Middlesbrough is just, it is so similar to Patalbert when you go is it? there. It's almost, it's, almost, it's almost comic how similar it is to Patalbert. Mm. Obviously now, because Newcastle, because of the takeover, they will end up winning the Premier League. And Sunderland aren't going to be able to compete with them because Newcastle got all this money coming from, the, from, you know, from a Saudi state. But they are football mad. The Stadium of Light has a capacity of 49,000. It's fucking huge, the stadium, right? And the thing with Sunderland, if you look at the list of notable people, mm. they, there are no other sports really that matter up there. So Bob Willis, the cricketer, he was from Sunderland. Yes. And there's one or two boxers, but not particularly famous boxers. But, it, you know, that whole section of the Northeast has disproportionately produced world-class footballers. Mm. They just love football. And back in the time when the success of your team tended to correlate with the amount of support you got in the ground, your know, t- ticket receipts and, and turns and you know, how much money you were making gate receipts. There was a time when some of them were very, very successful because uh, Roker Park was huge and they were well supported. And obviously football has changed now, but this is just a slice of life from how football used to be. And I loved it. I watched it twice. I just, it's what, it's instantly become one of my favourite documentaries. It'll be a go-to. There's that bit of music in the middle. What's it mm. called? It's been on a few things. I can't even repeat it. But in this, it's just so evocative. They're just a just oh, the yes. Fantastic. Yeah, that is beautiful, that bit. It's so well done. You know, I say before, but the cars and the clothes and the 
And yeah, people didn't have an awful lot. People were skint. You watched that. There was real community there. Mm. That is a whole yeah. town shutting down. And I mean, and the number of people they said, "What about if they lose?" Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's not what it was about. You know, they were they weren't expecting it when they were big underdogs. They're playing against Leeds with one of the best teams in the world at the time. You know, Don yeah. Revy. It's funny when they came out of Wembley Stadium. Colmini is so good in the Damned United. I remember thinking, what's Colmini doing there? <laughs> <laughs> and I realised it was the actual Don Revy then. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I'll tell you what's a classic bit of, of BBC at the time is the, I don't know who the commentator is. Oh, but yeah, yeah, goes, go on. How are yeah. the lads? And he refers to them as Geordies as well. Yes. Yeah, that went down well. And not Mackhams. Calls them Geordies at the start, and then how are the lads at the end? How are the lads? (laughs) Oh, knob. (laughs) And uh, they sing the Bladen Reese's, which I found quite interesting, because I don't think they do. And you never walk along? I I read... um, Mm. Well, that was just a common football song. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, It wasn't as associated with Liverpool. Lots of teams used to sing. Wales fans used to sing You Never Walk Alone. What about EIADIO? Yeah. With the Bladen races, that's now so associated with Newcastle United. Mm, yes. I don't think they sing it at Sunderland anymore. I think they did at this time. In, at Roker Park, they used to sing it. But they used mm. to sing See the Sunderland Aces, I think, rather than See the Bladen Aces sometimes. Okay. But they're singing the Bladen races in this in 1973. I texted um, Jonathan Wilson, who writes The Guardian, who's a massive Sunderland fan. He's a lovely Okay. Guy. But he said, I said, we're doing a Meanwhile in Sunderland as the dock on Distant Part. He said, there's nothing more guaranteed to make me cry. And uh, <laughs> he made his girlfriend watch the whole game in its entirety. Because <laughs> it's the 50th, the 50th anniversary. That's brilliant. Well, we talked about Grand Slam before on the movie club, right? I get the same feel. But this is, this is a documentary. This is actually happening. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real people. I can watch Grand Slam. And the look of it and the, and the tone, the whole aesthetic of it. I just love the film. It just makes me feel nice and nostalgic. And so if you're from, if you're from Sunderland watching this, you, you're like me watching Grand Slam. If Grand Slam was a dock. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It makes it even, you know, it's even more special. That they're real people. You, you'll know some of those people. You'll know those players. Those kids playing football in that street with a dog on that, like, cobble Yeah, and the lane. dog tries to bite the ball. Fucking hell. We watched Home and Away which is a very yeah, similar yeah. Th- film from 1984 about Liverpool and Everton fans at the 84 Milk Cup final. But I think the problem with Home and Away is there's such a bleak undertone to it because Liverpool is on its ass. You know, Heseltine saying we're going to put Liverpool into managed decline, the 50% unemployment in parts of the city. And there's a really moving bit on Home and Away where there's a mixed coach of Everton and Liverpool fans coming down from Merseyside for the final, and he's an unemployed plaster or something, and he says, "What I want a job. is for th- is for Thatcher to <laughs> is for Thatcher to see th- see us yeah. on the telly and see that there's no aggro and see that there's no fighting. Realize that we're good people and invest in the city." And you're like, "Mate, that's just not going to happen." Whereas with Sunderland, even though it had been a poor place, do you see the advert for working down a coal mine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yes. could earn one thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds per year as a coal miner. Mm. There's NCB adverts everywhere. It's just, it's a it's different joyous, planet. The whole yeah. thing yes. is joyous. The, the bit to the town centre, the bits in the working men's club, the bits on the bus, the wedding. They're in yeah. the top rank in Sunderland. Some of the well, the blockchain is the best FA Cup final of all time. He's got a, he's got a <laughs> classic come forward, hasn't he? 
<laughs> the bloke yeah. in Murray's got a classic forward. It's yeah. his yeah. part just above his ear. You see it? <laughs> then there's the fellow that says they're all going to go to the club. Who's got that sort of you don't see it very often these days. A bit, a bit of a sort of Fred West. That sort of that perm, <laughs> perm with big side. Oh, really? you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't go to the barbers and ask for it. <laughs> yeah, can I have a Fred West, please, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love this, mate. Absolutely. This will be one of my... There's a few that will be go-tos. And it's only 23 minutes. Yeah. yeah. God bless Tiny's television for this thing. This is amazing. Because there's the, the top rank, which was a chain of nightclubs. Yeah, yeah. It was a top-ranked Swansea. Cardiff, one in Cardiff yeah. as well. Yeah. My dad yeah, used yeah. to go to the top rank in Swansea. And they've put all the plastic chairs out because they weren't going to watch it in a big screen. What a night when that would be. Porterfield man. scores. It's, it's, it's 70s limbs. You'd be drinking double diamond. All of the men over the age of 20 were in suits. I, I love how sh- how shit-faced the old guy is towards the end where they've got him with his arms around what I presume are his female family and they're all laughing at everything he says regardless of whether he said anything or not. I yeah, do, yeah, the yeah. one thing that sprung on my mind, don't do as much comedy as I used to do, obviously, I mm. thought it must have been a piece of piss being a comedian in the 70s. Oh, get a laugh there. <laughs> People fucking laugh at everything. Oh. Literally yeah. anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, was. I mean, it wasn't even a joke. It was, it was, it was just some no. very mundane observation. And I thought she was going to yeah. piss herself laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It must have been easy. Oh, it must have been. Imagine doing like a working man's club back in the day. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have the same 15 minutes of stuff. Yeah. For years oh, and years. The whole time. The whole yeah. time. And the rest would be just um, off the cuff banter with the locals. Yeah, <laughs> stock off banter. the cuff banter. Off the cuff stock banter, <laughs> which people think was just hilarious. Crack out your seven minutes on mining. I just love what the FA Cup can do to a whole town, and it does. Mm. I, oh, that said, though, if the Swans won the FA Cup, the city would go mental. I mean, yeah. It doesn't mean the same to Arsenal or Man United or Chelsea or Liverpool anymore. Although they still had a parade when Arsenal won it. I saw it before when, when Cardiff got the final a few years back. They came and interviewed Vic's mum because Vic's mum Anne was alive at the time. She was 100 odd then. Right. But she yeah. worked with her auntie at the first of the 27 final. Her right. auntie had like a boarding house and she put players up and, you know, and she, yeah. had, she was selling like snacks on the day, like on the, as, a, as a little girl in 1927. Wow. Yeah, amazing. Bloody hell. Yeah, this is brilliant, mate. This is. Oh. Did you just get shot? No. There was, there was one noise there, then you went, oh, uh, afterwards. Uh, Viv's, using, Viv's using a nail gun. Uh, Viv's stapled my bum. <laughs> Viv's got a nail gun on. Like Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> those? Fucking hell. One Christmas time, Kelly's dad, talking about a bloke who doesn't know me at all, right? Yeah. My Christmas present was Dirty Sanchez, Jobs for the Boys 2 DVD. <laughs> I hadn't seen, nor did I want to see, Dirty Sanchez, boys, Jobs for the Boys 1. <laughs> Anyone who nail guns bits of their body. What's this? This is some bloke fucking nailing his bollocks to a wall. Why? Yeah. Why has he done that? Why? Because he's he's famous now. There's someone getting shot on the bollocks with a golf ball. Why? So oh, does he just have don't to? Don't do that. Why is, why is it always his bollocks? <laughs> I did. Such a do nice it. area. Leave it alone. What a pitch. What happens in this one? I get it from the balls <laughs> and stuff. All right. Like working class Miranda. <laughs> I think what it would have said at the end of the pitch for Dirty Sanchez was, <laughs> don't worry, because if you don't commission this, we'll just do it. We're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. We were doing it anyway. <laughs> we we haven't yeah. done it for years. I'm going to be nail-gunning skin from my testicles to a cork board. Mm. Anyway. We've all got uh, mates who've done stuff. 
the staff. If you yeah. if you go downstairs now and Vibs takes hammered his scrotum into the wall. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a free country. But I mean <laughs> it's not in your house, surely. Well I made to mind, but I'm not gonna say his name because we all know him. And he's got mm. quite a responsible job these days. Yeah, yeah. His party piece in, in university was putting out fags on his hand. Really? That was his thing. That's yeah. mad. <laughs> Why would you do that? Do you want to see me do this? No. It sounds no, not really. There's, there's no point, your point to that. If you need the money, I'll give you money. <laughs> That's not going to make me do Take it. Take the two quid and just don't do that. I don't mind. The useful ones I don't mind. Like if you can open a bottle of beer with your teeth. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Happy days. That's a great skill. There's use to that. Isn't it? Put an egg up your bum. There's no use to it at all. I used to do that, which I now regret. Oh, it goes through me to watch it. I can't. Kelly can do that. It's horrendous. Yeah. I used to be able to do that when I didn't have a bottle opener. Yeah, yeah I used to be able to as well. Why don't I just buy a bottle yeah, opener? Power, this mate. is insane. My back tooth's falling apart as a result of it, so. Hey, kids. Yeah. Get the screwed top Budweiser's. Do you do it on your back teeth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you fucking idiot. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. That's going through. Yeah. Me. I used to be able to do that. I'm having back tooth issues. Yeah, which is why I now have back tooth issues. So if you take nothing else away from yeah. this podcast, don't don't staple your scrotum. I just, I just, I just should have gone. I just should have gone to buy a. I could have gone to Tesco. And yeah, a bottle opener. Didn't much really. easier. Don't know why. I always wish I could go. I wish I could go to Sunderland, nineteen seventy-three. Ah, oh. yes. It looks like a great pace to go on the piss. I was thinking that that kid crying. He's probably three years older than me there. He's probably 50 yes. years older. Yeah. What a thing for yeah. him to watch. I was thinking, I found videos the other day. I was cleaning the bar and I found a lot of videos, but one was me playing like in a cup final in 1988. One was like playing in a rugby cup final in 1991. Okay. You invited around a man who scored double centuries in the county championship and you went, this is me playing in the school's cup final. Actually. Well, I'm better rugby player than him. Don't know what his halfback partnership with former England wicketkeeper Geraint Jones is still spoken about in Abergavenny. I haven't seen. I haven't. The point is, I've got another to play him on. Yeah, but it'd be nice to see those when I get converted. Mm. You imagine being that young lad here. Mm. Like you see, yeah. you see photographs of your family on Polaroids or like those old seventies photographs for him. Yeah, because someone's put this online. He can go there and see his nan and his. They probably all passed away. His yeah, nan, yeah. his mum, and his aunties and his uncles, and him as a four-year-old kid on that fucking magic day for Sunderland. What a thing. Hawar the lads. Hawar. Hawar the lads. Hawar the lads. Remember, Liv? She didn't sweat much for the fat lass. <laughs> what? Just the final whistle doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like chickens, pet? You can suck my cock. It's foul. It's <laughs> <laughs> mate. Sid the sexist. Always are the, great, the best one like <laughs> Do you like chickens, pet? Hey, come and suck me cock. It's foul. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear! Uh, Bob Stoko's jacket, you know, because he's wearing that sort of his name on the round back. Mac. Mm. Love that. The Mac he's wearing yes. when he runs onto oh, the pitch yeah. um, is now in the National Football Museum. Is in Manchester, it? I think his dad yeah. looks amazing. I I love the interview with his dad outside the house. Just doesn't want to oh, doesn't want yes. to do it. Not interested in TV. Yep. Yep. Do you get nervous? Yeah. Uh, no. I, yeah. I assume we'll be nervous now. Yeah. You know, a couple of hours before kickoff. <laughs> yeah. When he's got that's the tracksuit on in Wembley, that's with his yes. name on the back, the full name on the back. Mm. Love that. And they said he's a he's the archetypal or the very definition of a tracksuit manager. Oh, I do yeah. like a tracksuit manager myself. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, I want a suited manager. Oh, I like a tracksuit manager. I want a tracksuit coach who does his bidding. I want the manager to be the coach. No. This is the no, thing. No, no, no interest yeah. in that. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. I want, I want a suited oh. Wenger. I want him making all the sales, buying, selling, doing all the coaching, and yeah. making everything else. No, I, I want a resentful number two. Who does all of the coaching? <laughs> Get another plaudit. Yeah, absolutely. I want, I want a Peter Taylor figure <laughs> throughout. No, I love the I love the shots once they've all gone on the bus, and someone's clearly been told, "Can we get the empty city shots, please?" No, there's mm. there's no one left at home. Can we get those ones? And the bin man dutifully comes across. Well, also when they leave Sunderland at five thirty a.m. Yes. And as they walk into where the coaches leave in town, mm. they've all got rattles and horns and whistles. Yeah. So some people will have been asleep. Oh, yeah. At up past five in the morning. They don't care about that. I love the guy in the working man's club who says, if I could have got a ticket, I'd have walked. Yeah, half time I'd have walked. Half time I'd have walked. Really? <laughs> you, you watch that and you think, well, if it meant that much, why didn't you go? Yeah, and you wouldn't have got there. But Wembley would seat like 85,000, right? Yeah, it was about a hundred thousand at the time. Yeah, but if you're playing on a ground that routinely puts forty five thousand people in there anyway for for club matches, right? Mm. You couldn't get a ticket. I would have thought. You know, not not everyone who wanted a ticket for that could have got one, even if you could afford. No, no, brilliant, mate. It's uh, it's just great leaving leaving that early. All the yeah, and the coaches up as five in the morning. Is that early enough? Deserted. Is half five early enough? Yeah, I thought that. You were cutting it quite fine, didn't you? It's got to be a good six-hour drive, isn't it? Well, this was lingering in the back of my mind throughout the documentary. You're going on a bus. And this is before a lot of motorways. Exactly. This is what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. I don't don't know. I reckon 3 a.m. is not unreasonable for that journey. What's this, six, seven hours in a car? Yeah. Add another two hours because it's a bus without a bog on it. Yeah, exactly. That takes you up to nine hours. Nine hours. If there's motorways and no traffic. Yeah. So yeah, it might be a ten-hour trip. Oh. Imagine getting there, missing the fucking game. Imagine getting there, like exactly. <laughs> oh oh shit. fuck off! <laughs> shit! Hi, fucking kidding me, man. You're not even trying to avoid Napoli fans. Yeah. Fuck's sake! Yeah, I never thought of that. Uh, it was it's lingering in the back of my mind throughout the dark. Oh, I don't know if you've gone early enough, lads. There's something about when you're up. It is like a proper gung ho spirit when we go to France for the rugby. Yeah, uh, when we play in over there, like playing veteran rugby. The last time we went, we met at, I think, 5 a.m. We met at the club. And it was May, so the sun's just coming up. End of May. And Kelly dropped me off. And we get there. One of the boys had, like, a barbecue set up in the car park. Yeah. And they were just cool as a beer everywhere. So I'm having, like, a fucking hot dog and a fucking pint at 5 a.m. I thought, fucking yes. (laughs) This is what it's all about, mate. I am awake. I've drunk at 5 a.m. I'm still out. Mm. When I used to go and watch, when I used to go watch, the swans on Simon's buses from Kamar then. Mm. Simon Jack's buses. I remember having a a beer at like 7am on the bus on the way to Oldham and places like that. Yeah. I've ne- I don't think I've ever left at 5am. 5am is early. It is early, isn't it? <laughs> it's bloody early, that. Well, it's, it's the, when you're getting up towards the M3, mm. and you've been on the piss for three hours, and it's 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting sign. No, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I was, yeah, I'd never be an early morning drinker. I don't think I could. Like, I don't get the airport pint. No, you, well, not ordinarily you couldn't, but there's something about that buzz of like a, yeah. a trip away with your mates. You know, we, we were trying, we were all about trying to recreate 
a version of the Jolly Boys out for the boys. There's something like Club Boys. Maybe we've got a Margate, right? I said, Lovely. Th- Margate's nice. Think, Margate's brilliant. Margate. I said, the trip up will be fantastic. We'll have a right laugh. We'll get to Margate. It'll be brilliant. Yeah. We'll probably drink too much. Then we're going to get back from Margate. And it's going to be five yeah. or six hours to get out with a hangover on a bus. Yeah, that's hard. That won't be anywhere near yeah. as much. No. No. Unless you play through. Yeah, true. Yeah. When you watch Wembley, they've won. So that's six hours back on the bus or 10 hours back on the bus. Yeah. It's going to be a laugh. Yeah. Drinking, singing, pissing in the bin, all the good stuff, right? <laughs> all the good things in life. <laughs> Drinking, sin, singing, pissing in a bin. Yeah, you put a bit in the, in the footwell of the, of, the, of the steps, don't you? You just have a slash in there, usually. I'm all right. Just then, well, you'd have to have a piss, mate. You're not going to. You're not gonna, you've been drinking since three. You'd have to, right, you'd have to stop. Yeah, or I wouldn't. You, you miss it the first half as it is. You can't afford a toilet stop. There's 50 blokes on the bus with different bladders. You're not going. You're going to stop every five minutes, are you? No, you've got to do right every hour on the hour. We stop in the hard shoulder. You have a piss. No need. Get back on. No, no need. Because what? Cause you've got a you've got a bin. You got the you piss bin. in the bin, and then you stop twice and empty the bin. If someone knocks that bin over, yeah. it is a catastrophe. Absolute shambles for the rest of the journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. It is a catastrophe. It is, isn't it? What if you need a shit? Stoic, a stoic drive. Oh. You can't <laughs> shit in a bin. You get two mates to hold you over the bin. You can't shit in a bin full of piss. Splash. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. oh I can't even imagine worse. that. Oh. I the song, you know, go, go, there's a bit of the front stuff. What the yeah, fuck are you doing? What's he doing? He's shooting in the bin. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> fucking animal. Fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> Lost your mind. I love that because the the rule is fine. Pissing perfectly fine. No yeah, issues. Fine. No, no one's got any issue with that. Someone doesn't. I'd love to shit in a bin on a bus. I mean, that is next level. <laughs> <laughs> Elite. Elite yeah. level. How pissed were you? Oh, I fucking shat in a bin on a bus. Shat in a bin again. <laughs> That's pretty pissed. That's pretty bad. Think of the driver, Michael, crying <laughs> out loud. The poor driver. There was drivers on those trips in the old pre pre bog bus days. Yeah, yeah, they would have seen some awful things. You know, and you awful. you think they're one of the boys? Awful they're not. They're things. a bloke who just is getting employed to drive a bus. Yeah, they're yeah. having no fun that day. They've got a polyester jacket on. Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. they've got to watch the road, and just to there probably rest. isn't parking, so they're driving round London. There's a load of fellas pissing in a bin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, pre-satnavs, you've got to get to win. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. What if you didn't know the way? It would have been a fucking nightmare. Everyone's trying to chat to you. Yeah. You yes. like me? Oh, Just going to do a shit in the footwell. <laughs> also, if you get lost on the way to Wembley in the pre-satnav age, oh, you're everyone on the bus is angry with you. Yeah. And it's hard to find. I remember, I remember going there in 86 to watch uh, the Cowboys and the Bears with my dad. Yeah. Yeah, and we could see the twin towers and come back out to get there. It was it's not easy. It wasn't easy to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's far more female involvement in this Good documentary point. than you loads, think. loads and loads. Also, because obviously they're following. Well, they're following the people uh, who stay behind. The, the the people who stay behind and the people who went to the game at the time would have been disproportionately male. Mm. So, because they're following the people who stay behind, there's an awful lot of female voices yeah, yeah. in this documentary, which I really, really love. All ages, too. Lovely to see. Yeah, it. yeah. From sort of age three to, you know, grandmothers. My God, it just it just paints a picture of an England that's disappeared. And I'm old enough that I can almost remember it. But showing it to a young person now, it's they would be gobsmacked, I think. You made, you, you made a good point about the lack of cynicism. Like, go back to the coronation on the weekend, right? Not my cup of tea. I took the piss that Kelly made, like, really sconed jam and cream for the kids and me. 
Because if there's a big deal for them. Good breakfast. But I can remember when I was a kid, when I was my daughter's age in 82, or 81, 82, I can remember the royal wedding. I remember street parties and three-legged races. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. you know, I can remember in 77, the Jubilee, all the schools shut down, big bench tables, p- tons of people there, yeah. big parties. People, I don't know. It just doesn't happen now, does it? If you did that now, they'd think you were something on. Do you know what I thought as well, though, was Sunderland won the EFL Trophy in 2021. But if they won the FA Cup, if they won the big one mm. now, mm. the town would still come to a standstill. But a huge proportion of the people, if they filmed it, would be on cheap cocaine, and it would be a completely different video. And that's not just Sunderland. I'm talking about that. That is all of Britain. And it's, it is a much more wholesome thing, watching all these people having a few beers as opposed to snorting cheap gack in a fucking toilet. There's something about the one fella says, I'm going to go back home and have two or three cans and watch the football. Yeah, yeah. When you're drinking, even just stink to booze, you know, these days, very few beers are under 4%, and most are over 5 yeah. or more. But they're between 4 or 5%, right? Back then, you could drink like, I don't know, Brains Dark would be the old day beer, something like that. Three percent, yeah. yeah. You're getting slowly pissed all day. Yeah, it's a much nicer way of getting yeah. pissed. I think I've I have completely come round in my attitude. I've done a a total one eighty in my attitude to the strength of beer since I was like twenty five. Well, I went to the pub the other day and there was two options. I said, which one's well, this one's five, this one's this one's four. So well, just give me the four. I don't want. Yeah, yeah. It's a much more pleasant night. Yeah. And brains dark. They do it now. My, my, my dad went out on the... They cancelled the golf because of the weather on the weekend. He went to the old arcade. I saw he'd have a nice time with their dad, with his mates. I said, get on the brain's dark in there. And he did. He loved it. And he, and he, he normally have a pint of lager for, a, you know, or several pints of lager for a game of golf. I don't think he's drank dark for years and years. He had a great night because you can go all night and you're not yeah. fucking falling over like a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah, 4% is perfect. <laughs> Book choice for this week is from me. This one. <laughs> Do you remember the last book I said that I'd listened to was this marathon runner called Dean Carnassus, who, you know, wouldn't allow any kind of failure to be part of yeah. his his mantra in life. Like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah it's exactly the same. Very, very similar approaches to life that you've got. One <laughs> um, uh, of our listeners, I can't remember that. I name. will not fail, Steph. You, you, you cannot fail. I will not <laughs> fail. Not, I cannot fail. Yeah. I will not allow this to happen. I love wankers like that on fucking Instagram. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's just like, it just, just. I'm just different, you know. okay? I'm just You different. can be different too. I'm built different. My favourite, my favourite kind of influencer is the one who says, by the time you're 30, you should have dropped all of your friends and just surrounded yourself with people who can make you rich. What use is that person to you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, that's that's not really how friendships. What use is that? He just draws cocks and balls on things and makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruling out pub as an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Entirely ruling that. I saw one of those. Yeah. Um, there was one of those ones. You know where they do sort of these sort of really deep interviews, and they're like, you know, what are your key? The kind of stuff that Jake does, or the kind of stuff that Diary of a CEO do. You know, where yeah. it's like, what are your key things? And there's this Kiwi guy who sounds like he's saying, I'd spend less time with the kids as he's grown. And the, the, the presenter is outraged by this. But what he's actually saying is, I would spend less time with dickheads. 
<laughs> but because of his accent, the presenter is morally outraged for about five Gosh, minutes. Close. So someone sent me over uh, a book called Failure is an Option, which is what I need. And Bubbins. Oh, the Steph Guerrero. The Steph Guerrero approach to running on the trail of the world's toughest mountain race by a guy called Matt Wyman. So Matt's an author anyway, so he writes novels, some kids' stuff, and some grown-ups' books. So the writing in it's really, really good. But it's about his experiences as a really sort of average. I hated cross-country as a kid. Used to be the kid who sort of snuck off and smoked and then sort of walked in after taking a shortcut. So most kids, <laughs> in my experience of a comprehensive school in Newport, that, that was generally cross-country. Um, Were you good at cross-country, Steph? No, at school? hated it. it very, I didn't used to smoke, but very similar. Where you would have one kid, you, you used to run from the... So from lower school to upper school, and then you go out of the school gates. There was a field then behind the school that had horses. Alex Pisani used to be fast, so we would send him around the field. The horses would chase Alex. We would then all run through the field and then wait for Alex to you know, At least you had a field. survive. And then, Barry, Barry uh, Boys comes cross-country, and we had no grass. In Brummerthin? Did you go through the school, just through the town? Down like Port Road, up Colcott Road, down Jenner Road, yeah. just various roads. Yeah, in a school in Brummerthin, we used to go out the back of the school and then we would run through town. <laughs> so they'd... so that is fuck. The back entrance and then we'd run around the back of school and then past Tabernacle Church and then down Barn Road and then past school again, then up towards the reservoir. You thought was niche. Yeah, yeah. Or no. <laughs> <laughs> a guided tour around Carmarthen. Yeah, to the extra stuff. And he turned left up by the reservoir and then back through the backfields and then back through school again. Yeah. So God. you were running through town in your vest and T-shirts yeah. at the age of 11. Can't imagine. Do, do kids still, do, if, if you have kids of a cross-country age, do they still go they public? run through town anymore. I don't know. I, I can't imagine you But it's not like parks now. It'll be on grass. It'll be, it'll be cross-country. Yeah, they do sort of. Yeah, they do loops, don't they, in the big fields in Cardiff from the ones that I've seen my kids do. But but this guy wasn't into it at all, and then starts getting into it a little bit because he sort of finds it can clear his head when he's doing his writing, and sort of helps him with his ideas, and then gets into the sort of park run stuff, the five Ks, and then just builds and builds and builds and starts going for longer and longer and longer races, and then he enters the Dragon's Back. Which is Jesus. the one that, that goes from North Wales to South Wales. Mm. And the book starts with him on Creeb Gore, which Google, YouTube Creeb Gore and have a look at some of the it's videos. Terrifying. Terrifying. I've I've gone across it on my arse last summer. Yeah. Absolutely petrified. I wouldn't do that. Well, a few of my mates skipped nope. across it. But that comes at the end of day one of this race. So it's absolutely petrifying and probably is a thing in and of itself rather than being something you do at the end of a ultra marathon of running where you're exhausted. But yeah, he signs up for this. There's some great bits where he's doing a hundred mile races and he starts to hallucinate too far. So he's got, he's got his mate who does a little bit of pacing for him at a halfway stage. And he thinks that when she's talking to him, there is a baby in her backpack that is relaying the information to him because his head's gone so much. Oh, dear, dear. Starts thinking he's seeing dinosaurs and stuff like that that's also talking to him. It's amazing. Paulton's Park, my mistake was she. 
<laughs> taking a wrong turn. And then he saw a talking pig. I think I, think I know where he is. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> there is one where he gets lost as well. Turn left here. You're fine. Just go by the balloon bit the granddad's manning. Go over there. Yeah. I was terrified. That, that. He gets lost on this one race as well and just is in ever-decreasing circles around this dual carriageway and he can't find his way to the cricket ground oh. he's supposed to get to. Imagine getting lost on a 100-mile race. It's you are running so further depressing. than 100 miles. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse than that. It's awful. What about coming back from a gig? and You know it's a four-hour drive anyway. Yes. And you're leaving the gig at 11 o'clock and get back at 3 a.m. You think, oh, oh fuck, kill him. Yeah. And then they shut the Seven Bridge and you've got to go via yeah. Ross on Way. You're like, oh, fuck off, mate. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. What's <laughs> Ma- Malvern? Malvern's a place. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> Things you don't need to learn. But it's, it's really interesting. And it's really, he's better than a normal runner, I think. But because he starts doing it for times then as well. So he tries to do the 100 miler within 24 hours, which I think is pretty good lick. And yeah, I've, I've got to the point where he's starting the dragon's back. So I haven't got to that bit whether he completes it or not. I don't know. But he quits a few races along the way, hence the title. And I just really like it. I really, it's a really good piece of writing. So it's a failure is an option. It's sort of... If I you think like- it's a bad message. <laughs> I, I think... It's a bad message. Yeah, you think and Matt Wyman is a I feel loser. sorry for our listeners that we're telling that kind of thing. <laughs> I will not fail. <laughs> I do not fail. I've, I've, I've got failed. zero problem in quitting on stuff. None. No, same here. Same here. None. And if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. 100%. Yeah. If I'm injured, yeah. I'm out. Anyway, nice final podcast. Good way to bow <laughs> out. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> yeah. Lots of luck, lads. <laughs> See you around. I quit. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you had fun listening to the Social Distance Sports Bar this week. If you did, then tell your friends about it. Um, point them in the direction of the pint-sized Distant Pod episodes because I think they're a really good start point for any of your mates who aren't into the pod. So point them in the direction of the episodes that go out on a Sunday. Last Sunday was... Oh, it was the uh, Ray Reardon bit which is one of my favourites. So point them back in the direction of if Ray Reardon and Tony Hawks got on and were big fans of each other. That's a really good one. Um, That's Pint Size Distant Pod 27. 26 is the We All Watch The Kiss, um, which is one of our most requested bits. People have been in touch for a long time just going, Steph, come on, we need this as a pint size episode. It is there now for you. Those are there for you to send to your friends, get the link to them, send them off to your mates, and hopefully your mates will love them as much as you do, and hopefully it will point them off in a journey of distant pod. 